Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to The Futurist with your hosts, Ben Rohde and Alex Lightman. Each week, we feature a specific aspect of our collective future with action steps you can take to make your own future better and brighter. Our guest experts are top futurists in their field who will remind you that anything is possible. Give us 90 minutes and we'll give you the future. Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Futurist. I'm Ben Rohde, and this is my co-host Alex Lightman, the visionary, the futurist, the rainmaker. Hey, buddy, what has been your favorite development in the last week? Alex? Oh, I can't hear Alex. Uh, maybe try calling back in. Anyway, I'm going to pick up where we left off. So last, uh, last episode, we got cut off at the 45-minute mark. And one thing I'm really excited about in 2017 is we just found an amazing producer. Her name is Jessica Ann. Shout out to you, my friend. So what's going to happen is really soon, we're not going to have any more tech issues. We're not going to have any more uh, – horrible sound quality issues. Everyone's going to be on the phone. Alex, you're there? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Oh, there you are. Awesome. Okay, perfect. So anyway, I was just, I was just talking about how excited I am to have Jessica producing the show for us. And we're, we're not going to be on Blog Talk Radio. I think we're going to be done with that by next week. But anyway, it's going to be a, it's going to be a good year. So Alex, my question to you initially was, what, is your, what was your favorite thing about last week? Well, uh, on the, in the, the world news, I find this whole um, Donald Trump versus the media versus the intelligence <laughs> agencies uh, yeah. to be quite wonderful because I think that the U.S. presidency is overpowered and it's uh, like an, or Bruce Banner turns into the Hulk and then can cause havoc. And I like anything yeah. where the checks and balances become something that we remember why they were there in the first place in our constitution. And I also think that the intelligence agencies have been growing without uh, any checks and balances for 80 years. And if it takes a person who's just heedless of his own personal safety to talk to people who are basically people who have license to kill uh, and to just put them into uh, in their place, I think that's fantastic. And I think that uh, uh, that there are all kinds of fake news, and the this is a very masterful level at which the game is being played. Because a lot of these stories, there are elements of truth in them, but there's falseness mixed with truth. So people are going to go, yeah. "Oh, that was always fake news." But there are some elements of this quote-unquote fake news that are true. So it's not entirely fake, and it's not entirely true. This has always been true, but now 
I think everyone's aware of it. So I love that. And on a personal level, yeah. I did my uh, my first Facebook Live yesterday uh, at my keynote speech at the AI Showbiz Conference, talking about the past, present, and future of artificial intelligence, especially as it affects Hollywood and Silicon Valley. So that was, those are my favorite cool. moments from this past week. How about you? Oh, that sounds fun. Oh, uh, now you're asking me. Uh, well, first of all, I want to say about uh, the fake news thing and <laughs> Donald telling CNN he's not going to answer that question because they're fake news. Were you the one – I commented on this in one of my Facebook Lives the other day. I think it was yesterday. Were you the one that, that coined the term conspiracy theorist-in-chief? Uh, yes, I am. That, that is me, yes. Because uh, Donald <laughs> Trump so. has been – Donald Trump came to prominence because he's been yeah. pushing the whole uh, – the birther angle – and saying, where's, right. um, where's Obama's birth certificate, saying, I'm going to go to Hawaii. I mean, it was quite a big deal. I'm surprised it's not more in the news, but it's a, it was a low-hanging fruit because Obama didn't rever, uh, re- issue his long-form birth certificate. And there are plenty of people I know who are Obama supporters who say that that document is a fake, and they say exactly why, because it has layers as if from Photoshop. Right. I mean, people are very Photoshop, specific. Yeah. And, then, and also there's the the fact that he has a Connecticut social security number. So I got my social security number when I was 13 in Virginia. That's where I'm from. You get the social security number issued in a sequence. You know, if you knew what my social security number was, you would know that it was issued in Virginia. So there are all these kind of anomalies that you would have if you had somebody who was what the people who are the doubters say. So Donald Trump is just finding the low-hanging fruit to keep in the news about being somebody who is opposing Obama. He didn't really right. have a political position to do it, so it was his, his, he's president now because of his conspiracy theories. Yeah, and this is, this is what's so fascinating to me. And, you know, th- this, whole, uh, this whole fake news thing is just the next level of the conspiracy theory thing, right? So, you know, they, they developed the term conspiracy theory to deter people from taking a, another point of view from the, the standard narrative, right? So if you believe something different than, than what the mainstream media says, what the standard narrative is, you're a quote-unquote conspiracy theorist. But as that Well, Donald Trump this apart, week, he just, he just blew – yes, exactly. I was going to say this week he just blew that up. You can no longer say that the mass media yeah. represents the only opinion. The, uh, and that, exactly. that you know, when the government is divided against itself, if I, the founders, the founding fathers would go, finally, we have the country that we wanted to have. Because the founding fathers clearly wanted to have different parts of the government fighting each other to say who is right and wrong and having to have open debates that the public can chime in on. That's the whole idea, the Jeffersonian ideal of the citizen statesman, that an ordinary citizen without having power in office and being in office for decades would be able to make policy. And so this is – I'm actually quite happy with how things are. I, I was also amazed to see something, and that is a Deutsche Bank report that says that if Donald Trump stays in power and does what he says he's going to do, that GDP, growth domestic policy – uh, uh, gr- gross domestic product will the the anticipated growth will double by 2018 over what it would have been. So that's phenomenal. And there are a lot of people who are going to want to say, well, 
I don't agree with this or that or the other, but the main thing is a rising tide raises all boats. Now, is that how it should be? No, of course not. Hazel Henderson pointed out in the politics of the solar age that GDP was created as a measure to make people feel good about putting things from productive use into making weapons and bombs in World War II. So GDP is actually fake news. GDP is a, a psychological <laughs> operation. It's not, you know, it's like we have these funny things. If you want to know how far the fake news goes, and you know some history, you can see it's turtles all the way down. It's fake news all the way down. <laughs> so GDP is a, is, a, is an yeah. intelligence agency psychological measure to get people to be happy making weapons. And the Nobel Prize for economics is not the Nobel Prize. It's the Nobel Memorial Prize, and it was funded by the Bank of Stockholm, a Rothschild Bank, in order to make economists who are spreading propaganda, who are spreading fake news, seem as though they're making real news that's really academic. But you cannot compare somebody who's, let's say, working on, well, this year, the, the Nobel Prize for Medicine went to the person who discovered the mechanisms for autophagy. So autophagy is, is like, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tie this into your latest Facebook post, Ben. You asked people how long could they go without eating and what did they experience and so on. So I'll tell you what, what nobody is saying to you because I read all the answers, but they should be saying if they were being scientific and they're being out of being subjective and they're into objectivity, what's happening is that they're engendering autophagy, um, autophagy, it's self-eating. And so what's happening is the cells are going, shit, I'm hungry. What do you got to eat here? And they go, well, I got this damaged mitochondria, so let's just digest that. And, oh, we have these cells here that are kind of have broken DNA strands and junk and toxins, so let's eat them. So what happens, and the reason that you feel so good from going without eating is because the cells in your body that are senescent, the cells in your body that are zombie cells, that are dead or not, they're, they're not really fully functional, they're just zombied around, you're consuming them. It's self-cannibalization, but in a good way. And what happens is you, you get rid of your bad mitochondria and then good mitochondria goes in to replace it. It's sort of like drained batteries being pulled out and new fresh batteries from the factory being put in. And that's what's happening. And so what this kind of look at fake news does is it, it makes everything that is has a little bit of fake news in it suspect and thrown out and what i hope it will do is lead to a renaissance of people looking more deeply so i've been putting these um putting out to people and recommending that they watch two videos and now i see more people watching them than ever and going oh my god i get it now i get it now and one of them is the century of the self which is all about how governments uh applied the reasoning of edward bernay and basically psychological you know, manipulation. And the other one is hypernormalization. And hypernormalization yeah. is a video about how everything is getting so confusing and why, and why Donald Trump is, is the leader of the United States now. And it, it isn't you know, because we're getting smarter. It isn't because we're more clear. It isn't because we're more logical. It's because governments have been gaslighting us and trying to make us feel crazy for so long, so <laughs> much, that we've up. just said, fuck it, uh, I'm just going to do, I'm going to vote, and I'm going to act in the way that creates the most interesting story. So we have now yes. decided 
that it's it, that we're going to live our lives and say what will make the most interesting story to talk about and that's the choice we make like you decided to move to Costa Rica well that's really interesting well one thing that we've realized and you know we were making all of our money in the US by throwing and we had a you know we had a, a retreat center home and so we would throw an event at our house once a month and that's how we'd make all our money or we would go speak at other places and we you know, that like we had it pretty much set up. And so moving to Costa Rica, we had no idea how we were going to make our money, but we knew we had to go anyway. And what I've realized is because we did something that is, is so rare for people to do to get that far out of your comfort zone is that it has inspired so many people. And now people are like, it's actually blown us up in an, in an even bigger way than before because we're living our dream. We're living congruent with our dreams. So we didn't take the easy path. And, and so this is, you know, this is uh, going off of what I was talking about in the last show, the six things to change the world in 2017. But a big part of that is living your dream, right? Creating a dream and then committing to it and sticking with it. And uh, before I get back into that, I want to I touch on what you said about turtles all the way down. And what's interesting is that we can now know that it's turtles all the way down because, you know, the um, CIA documents and other government documents are able to be declassified after a certain amount of years. Uh, I don't know exactly what that is. Do you know what that is? How many years? I'm sorry, what's that? What did you say? So CIA documents are... They're declassified after a certain amount of years. I guess it doesn't matter how many years, but so like we can look back and see all these different CIA documents that they've been telling us uh, you're crazy, uh, it's all you're a conspiracy theorist. But now that the documents are being declassified, we can look back and see stuff like Operation Paperclip, where the Nazis, where we we took the not like a lot of the the doctors and the scientists and the, the leaders of the Nazi movement are now, you know, they, they took them into the U S government. Right. And so we have all that information over there now. And so, you know, that sounds like a conspiracy theory thing, but the documents have, have been released. Oh, no, like I mean, Nazis ran a number of our government agencies, you know, they, so right. we are to some extent, we're the fourth Reich. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, and I mean, when like people operation. talk about, you know, we're, the Reich is going to last a thousand years, you, you have many instances where people can't see corporations when they change their organizational form. So a lot of people say, well, Monsanto now is not the Monsanto that did PCBs. You know, oh, it's a different corporation and stuff. Well, look at what happened with the Roman Catholic Church. There was the Empire of Rome, and I think of it as being hardware. And then it was having all these attacks from uh, the Goths, the Visigoths, the Vandals, and the what I call the Aqueductus Magnus, the main aqueduct bringing water to the city, gently you know, going down about two inches per mile. I mean, talk about a gentle slope bringing water into the city. And it was destroyed. And there are some who would argue that Rome's population fell from a million to under 10,000 within th- a three-year period. And you're not going to really keep an empire if people can't have water. You know, you can't right. if you don't have ministries and, and bureaucracy to run an empire, you can't do it. So Rome transformed from hardware into software. 
so that it could be done anywhere in a distributed fashion, and that's the Roman Catholic Church. So it's still Rome is still here. Ancient Rome is still right. here. It's just software instead of hardware. And similarly, that that's what happened to the the Third Reich. The Third Reich went from being in a in a bombable location and uh, it, to a non-bombable location in people's minds. It occupies a place in people's heads, and they can't get it out. And that's what makes it the, this Amazon Prime series, um, The Man in the High Castle, that's what makes it so familiar to us. So the Nazis are running the part of the East, uh, the East Coast, like from the East Coast to the Rockies, and the Japanese are running the West Coast. Um, to the Rockies, and then there's sort of an open territory. But you watch it, and it looks a little bit familiar, and you wonder, well, yeah, a lot of that stuff that is there as if these two nations had uh, won is still there now. I'm going to put it on mute so that you won't hear this. Cool. Yeah, so I mean, that's what, one of the things we were talking about in one of our previous shows is is media, uh, television shows and movies as a form of soft disclosure where it, they're not directly coming out and saying Hey everybody! The Nazis are running the East Coast, and the Japanese are running the tech on the on the West Coast, and and all that. But but it's 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 there. It's there for us to think about. And if we're aware enough to to claim our free will choice to know and say yes, I'm actually going to look into that or or buy into that or believe that, then then we can. Or else we say, hey, nice TV show. That's fun. But I feel like. You know, this the, part of what why the whole we've got to give up the whole they're giving up the conspiracy theory term is because of all the declassified documents that are that are coming up, right? And so, in another ten years, there's going to be a ton more. And you know, it's it's like I mean, I, I saw oh I saw oh oh no, video. I have to I have to I have to offer you a different opinion. Uh, Trump can just simply declassify it. He well, yeah, so declassify things through executive order. There's no. You can – President can keep things – Yeah. Uh, Donald Trump has no reason to keep things classified that will protect people in intelligence agencies that he's at war with because what's classified for, for decades isn't agents in the field. That's just, it's justified to keep things classified if you have ongoing operations. But these agents get swapped out. And also the Chinese already yeah. hacked all this stuff. So the Chinese – under uh, under the Obama administration, hacked all the records of all the interviews and all the people who had security clearances. So you know all the people who have security clearances. You know their father, their mother, their brothers, their neighbors. You know the Chinese know all of that. And if the Chinese know it, then anybody that they're an ally with can know it. So that's already gone. So what does it mean when you have things classified? Well, it means that you can cover up CIA running heroin out of you know right. out of southeast asia and iran contra and the, you know what happened to that money and finding things and now we have all the and, intelligence and, and opium yeah and looking at uh looking at bit transactions so anything with bitcoin or blockchain is a record of all the transactions that have ever happened i mean the government can put together you know all kinds of things with all the drug trade why are they keeping that secret? Well, because of their involvement in it. Now, I'm saying all this because before, before Trump, you could, if you said these things, it's like, oh, you're against the government. It's, but it's like, no, Donald Trump is elected president, and Donald Trump is saying that the intelligence agencies are coming forward with fake reports. So it changes yeah. 
what what is legitimate to criticize and that is that blows my mind because we've never ever had the president even before he took the oath of office telling us not to trust the intelligence agencies i mean we already don't no, trust yeah, this, them no, this but is, for the exactly. president to I mean, say is, that and get is, away yeah, with it is amazing is, yeah this is what this is what what's exciting either you know and i i think that there are a lot i think people are waking up i think i think people are starting to uh, yawn and stretch their arms and come up from a deep sleep, and I think I think they're coming too. And so I think a lot of the pe- I think there are a good amount of people in the intelligence agencies, you know, as demonstrated by a lot of the whistleblowers, that want to come forward with this information that are seeing the way things have been run and say I, I don't want to do this anymore. So I you know my predictions are either a Donald Trump is going to change all of this or at least some of it. Or B, he's going to get assassinated, right? If if he's yeah, I don't even I I would I would ask you to make a pledge. Don't even talk about that because that also makes it acceptable, and it's not acceptable. It's not it's not acceptable to to say this to in my mind. It's not acceptable to talk about that happening to any leader. It's not acceptable to talk about it as as something that might happen if people that had too much to lose. Uh, decided they didn't want to lose it. But what it does is it it, it offers, um, like Mao talked about the peasants as the water and we're the fish. You know, it it gives the the intelligence agencies protective cover. If if everybody's talking about this all the time and it happens, everybody goes, oh, see, I predicted it. It's like mm, you don't want to predict things because that becomes blueprint prophecy. It gives people mm, permission. It's almost like v- voting. And I ask you not to vote for for anybody I see, I see to be killed, about. That's consciously good. or unconsciously. That's Here's my view of you: you are incredibly powerful, and if you say it, you'll think it. And if you say it and think it, it it changes, you know, it, it changes the future. All right, that's good. Let's create a better future. Let's create a better future. So what All I right, want so. is I want these debates to be done in public, and I don't want anyone to be assassinated. I want everyone to have to make their point either. known and then have credibility rise or fall. So can I change the subject slightly to my favorite uh, statement during a confirmation hearing? Please. So we have ExxonMobil. ExxonMobil's um, decisions for executives. Do you know what they call the place where the executives are making the decisions at ExxonMobil? No. They call it the, the God Pod. So you have Rex Tillerson nice. nominated for Secretary of State. And by the way, he's number 24 on the most powerful people in the world on uh, Forbes list. So uh, China said the U.S. should, quote unquote, prepare for a military clash, a state run Chinese tabloid newspapers warm. Less than 24 hours after U.S. Secretary of State nominee Rex Tillerson appeared to call for a blockade of South China Sea Islands, a strongly worded English editorial in the Global Times accused the former ExxonMobil chief executive of, quote-unquote, rabble-rousing. He had better bone up on nuclear power strategies if he wants to force a big nuclear power to withdraw from its own territories, said. I find that hilarious. So what the Chinese are basically doing is they're bluffing. They're trying to say that they can beat the United States militarily. And I find it, this is one of the big things that's going to come out, is that for all I know, probably Barack Obama thought that the U.S. couldn't beat China China in, in a war. But I don't think that the people who Donald Trump is surrounding himself with 
are uh, wanting to avoid a war with China. I think they're wanting to provoke one. And we have the perf- the Chinese are giving us the perfect excuse by going in and building these fake islands, these artificial islands in the what's called the South China Sea, which is thousands of miles south of the Chinese mainland. And this is something that I think they're going to find because Donald Trump goes for the most interesting stories. He's a he's a tele, he's a t- reality TV star, yeah. and he knows yeah. what everybody who looks at the numbers knows. If you're a president who's in war, your approval rating goes up. It goes above seventy percent, and so you know he's not going to be a person who he, he's not interested in war with Russia. But if you're not interested in war with Russia, well, then you have to have somebody who's wor- a worthy opponent because you're only as good in Hollywood terms as your opponent is bad or a villain. And the more evil the right. villain, then the more easy it is for you to be the hero. So it, it's a Hollywood script that China uh, threatens the U.S. and that Trump saves us by defeating China. That's how he can be the greatest president in history. And the oh, Chinese boy. have what's called a one-time-use military. They don't actually have the ability to make all their equipment. They buy most of it from Russia, especially the aircraft. So there's a, there are war game simulations about battles in the Pacific, which show that the Chinese Air Force is destroyed within 21 days, and then they can't replace it. And especially if we switch Russia's alliance so that it's more allied with the U.S. than with China – uh, China's screwed, and that might be right. the one-two punch. This whole thing might be a long-game player's um, play to to put China uh, down. And when I mean put China down, I mean there are warlords in China, and the federal government of China barely keeps control, and it's very possible that China will split into five different warlord-run territories or even countries. And this is not just you know what I'm saying – this is what George Friedman, the guy who runs Stratfor, the kind of private CIA, uh, says in his book on the next 100 years. He says by 2020 that this will happen with China. Well, he didn't predict that Trump would be president, but it's much more likely to happen under a Trump presidency than under any um, traditional politician. Wow. So I want to ask you what your prediction on this is. Uh, and, and since we're only doing 45-minute shows from here on out, or 44 minutes. And, and I put on, on Facebook that you were going to say six ways to change the world at the beginning, so yeah, at some exactly, point you have to exactly. say that. So we, we've, got, we've got 19 minutes left on the show, or 18 minutes left on the show, so I want to hear quickly your, your prediction on I – mean, is that your prediction, that, that Trump is going to uh, use the Hollywood script and go to war with China and, and be the hero? Um, and then well, after he this, won't be I the hero to, if he attacks – give the last five. He, he won't be the hero if he attacks China, but he can defend against China. Right. And the Chinese are, are dumb enough to paint themselves into a corner because they've been making these threats against the United States. Like they have a book called Asymmetric Warfare, which is all about how and why they should keep attacking U.S. networks over and over again, attack our electrical grid, attack our computers, hackers, etc. And with all this stuff about, oh, Russia has hacked us, Russia has hacked us, it's going to be impossible. China's written for, books about it. Yeah, well, China's written books. You can find it. The CIA translated it, hopefully, and so that Americans could see what we're up against. And so I think that China, if China's dumb enough to bait us 
and dare us and provoke us, yeah, I don't think that that Trump will have any problem at all um, going and in, in, in taking an invitation. Like Saddam Hussein, people t- talk about today, well, he didn't have weapons of mass destruction. Well, he did move some of them to other places, it's true. But the bigger thing is he said he invited the mother of all battles. He, he, he did shit-talking, um, just like people in the hood, and if you, you know, have one gang member shit-talking to another, they'll generally take each other up on it. When they do it in Chicago, people right. wind up dead. So China's been shit-talking to the United States, as is North Korea. And, they, and, and as a resident uh, and, and originally from Los Angeles, I notice, because they always do it the same way. They always threaten to nuke Los Angeles. Well, fuck those guys. I don't like people saying that they're going to nuke Los Angeles. So I think that, that the Hawks should uh, have overplayed their hand, and I think that they should have a military defeat, and they should be put out of power. Because what happens when you lose is all the military gets put aside for 50 years or 60 years. Just look at what happened in Japan or in Germany. Can you name a military official from Germany or Japan? I mean, they used to be household names. Tojo, we still remember Tojo. You know, and Himmler, uh, and all these, and Goering. We, we remember all these people's names because the military people were running the country. Run, military people right. are nowhere near running those countries. And that's what I want to have happen with China and with North Korea. That would be awesome. So, um, but for prediction, I don't, I don't think that Donald Trump will attack them because he's a business guy and he's got Deutsche right. Bank saying, well, we're, you're going to double GDP. Well, you know the way that you really double GDP is that you reduce military spending. And then you have more money available because there's one really, really big um, sword of Damocles over the U.S. economy with the Trump, with the Trump approach. So um, in t- we spent uh, $280 billion on interest, and interest doesn't create any jobs. Interest, you know, and, uh, but it, that's on $20 trillion in debt. That comes out to 1.4% annual interest. That's almost free because inflation is roughly you know, something in that area. So basically, if your interest rate is equal to inflation, your interest rate is free. I'm going to put it on mute for this sirens. Cool. So, yeah, and one thing that's – I think it's interesting about what you're saying about somebody's approval rating goes up when they're in war. You know, one thing that I thought was really interesting is looking at the, the president of the Philippines, right, Duarte where the U.S. is criticizing the way that he's taking on the, the – where he's jumping into the drug war and just murdering, just having his, his, his police force kill the drug dealers and the people that are – and the buyers, right? And so they've killed thousands of people in this, in this drug war to – I mean, he, he's like committed to ending drugs by killing everyone. And so it, it seems like this horrible thing to us in the West. But if you look at his approval rate, rating, he's at like 80 to 86%. Like that's a – like I've never seen an approval rating that high in the U.S. But anyway, I want to get to uh, my, my – oh, I want to just finish to, this. I want to finish this one, one last thing. I, uh, just that okay. if our interest rates are 1.4%, we can have an amazing amount of debt. We can have just load up the debt, and we're cool with it. But during Reagan, the beginning of Reagan's term, 
interest rates, Fed fund rates went over 20%. What would 20% be on $20 trillion? It would be $4 trillion a year. Well, that's all that the U.S. collects in taxes. So I think it's what people are, are discounting is the ability for, uh, for interest rates to spike and completely destabilize the U.S. economy. So uh, there are lots of dangers to the U.S., but that's part of the problem with a, with a war with China because militarily we can defeat them easily. But financially, it doesn't take actually that much for people to not buy our treasury bonds especially since uh, at the last time I looked, and it might be a while, 57% of the Treasury bond purchases during the Obama administration were the Fed buying the U.S. government debt, which is basically right. like buying our own debt. It's, it's self-dealing. Imagine you're, you're a company and you issue bonds and then you borrow money and you buy your own bonds. There are laws against doing that. You know, We're supposed to accept yeah. generally accepted can- accounting principles. So there's a there are some funny finances here, and it's going to be very interesting. Calls out the fake finance as well as the fake news, and then he has um, uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. as the I was going to mention new that. Yeah. virus and vaccine czar. And I wonder if he's going to call out <laughs> fake medicine. So the thing is, our country has all these layer overlays of fake, 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 fake. And hey, I'm an MIT Harvard person. I was trained to do two things. One is I'm trained to see flaws and see mistakes, but the other is to be polite and not be rude to people in power and point them out. And so the kid gloves are off, and the people who notice (laughs) these things but keep their mouths shut because they want to go with the flow, the flow now is in all directions. And it's perfectly legitimate to point out bullshit everywhere it is at every level of society. Because if you can point it out with the president, and you can point it out with the Senate and the CIA and the NSA and everybody. It's fair game to criticize everything. And that's one thing I just love about this era and being alive right now at this time. Totally agree. Totally agree with you. Yeah, this is, this is an exciting time to be alive. So, oh, man, there was something. Oh, oh yeah, I, I wanted to say that one thing you just said about your training at, at MIT and, and Harvard and about thinking critically – so as you know, I've been every morning I'll I'll post a question on my Facebook page, and it's a question that that is getting people thinking. And we've had a lot of a lot of really great answers and and great engagement. My post from Friday has over 730 comments as of right now. It just people just keep commenting on it, and and so what I'm doing with it is I'll post a question that gets people thinking. Like one of the questions is, what is something that society says is normal that is absolutely not normal, right? And so it's getting people starting to think about their lives and what's normal and what's not normal. And, of course, you'll get people that, you know, some person will say, well, this isn't normal. And then, the other, and then somebody else will say, well, yeah, that is normal. The opposite of that is not normal. And, so, and then I'll come in with a teaching point about why it's all – BS, right? And why successful people are able to hold opposing viewpoints. They're able to hold dichotomy. That's one of the big predictors of success is that you can hold dichotomy. And so every post that I've been doing brings it back around to kind of collapse somebody's thought form. And then at the end of the day, I do a a Facebook live video watching the sunset go down as I, 
as I talk about this and kind of do a little teaching point. And it's been a lot of fun. And so this is, you know, again, this is my, that was my first step of the, the six steps of changing the world in 2017 is realize that other people's past is not the same of your, as your past. And, and that's a, a fun way of, of saying everybody's got a different viewpoint. Everybody's, everybody's on path whether they're doing it right or doing it wrong, they're learning something and they're supposed to be doing what they're doing. Right. So I talked about this in the last show. Uh, number two was dream a bigger dream. I talked about it in the last show, which I'll kind of recap these uh, just as a reminder for, for those who haven't listened to the last show yet, but the dream, dream a bigger dream, you know, 2016, there was a lot of stagnancy. People have been afraid to dream. And as soon as Trump got elected, shit got real. Right. Everyone said, oh, my God, something big just happened. Right? Some some big shift is happening right now. And so, you know, Jen and I have been living our dream and creating our dream for the last five years ruthlessly, like ruthlessly. And I want to see other people doing this. And those and this is what we help people do. This is you know, this is what our business is about, is about helping people dive into their specific dream. And so I want to see more of that in 2017. Dream a bigger dream. People have forgotten how to dream. And then number three is being committed to creating that dream, right? So like you were saying, us moving to Costa Rica seems like an insane thing. And most people are like, well, that sounds like a great idea, right? I mean, people go to vacation, Costa Rica, Bali, the Bahamas, uh, Hawaii, you know, a week or two a year and say, oh, my God, that was amazing. I love going on vacation here. Why not? You know, Jen and, I, Jen and I had a thought at one point, why not just live where you want a vacation so you don't have to go anywhere, right? And so, so that's, like, that's kind of, that's where we think that everyone should live is where they want to vacation. Like, where's your favorite place on the planet? Live there, right? Anyway, everybody's dream is going to be different. Create that dream. Number four is take 100% responsibility. So responsibility is our power. If I'm blaming somebody else, if I'm saying uh, Trump did this, blah, 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 or Obama did this, wine, 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 I'm not taking responsibility. I'm, I'm putting blame on somebody else. So instead of putting the blame on somebody else, why don't we take responsibility? If this is something we're really passionate about, take responsibility for it. Create a better solution. I mean, we've got a bunch of, we, we've got millions of people in the U.S. that like to say what they think and, and, and talk about their ideas as if they know what's going on, but they're, it's all talk, right? It's not, there's no action steps, right? And so actually a, a part of the, the commitments that I talk about in number three is spending the time, taking the time to actually think about this stuff, right? It, this is what, what I talked about in the last show a little bit too, is actually taking the time to sit down and just write, even if you have nothing to write about, just write, just journal, just create. If there's something you want to do in your dream, be committed to taking 100% responsibility to creating it, right? 100% responsibility. And the way that I talk about this is take responsibility for everything. Take responsibility for lying politicians and corrupted governments. Take responsibility for the president and the actions of the president. Take responsibility for racism, Take responsibility for starving children in Africa that you will never meet. 
Take responsibility for genocide in the past, in the present, in the future. Take responsibility for everything, right? And if we are, you know, if, if this world is a, is a simulation, right, it's our simulation. You know, if, if a viewpoint that a lot, of, a lot of the people that are following us hold is that we are the creators and we all live in our own subjective reality, right? So if this is my dream and I'm creating this dream, then I am responsible for the weather. I am responsible for the droughts and the floods, right? And anyway, this is, this is just, you know, whether it's true or not isn't important. What's important is the mindset of I'm the creator. What do I want? Boom. That's what I create, right? Taking responsibility for that. So number five, and what I'm most excited about is, is number six, but we've only got five minutes left. Five is stay well-informed, right, through radio shows like this, through doing your own research on both sides, right? We can't trust, we can't trust the, the fake news uh, organizations, and we can't trust the mainstream media. We've got to look at both. We've got to do our research. We've got to, we've got to hold the dichotomy, right, one of the, the, the number one, right? We've got to hold the dichotomy, both sides. We've got to hold both sides of the, the dichotomy and use our intelligence and use our intuition to, to, to siphon out what works and what doesn't work. Because like you were saying, Alex, there's truth in even the fake news, and there's fake news in even the true news. So it's our job to figure out what that is. Now, there's uh, – so if information is power, we must stay aware of who is empowered by the information. It isn't always the consumer of that information. Misinformation is equally as powerful as information. Misinformation benefits an agenda rather than the general public. And since we are the general public, it's our job to be aware of which agendas serve us and which do not. And it's important to know which agendas are sponsored by the owners and sponsors of these news organizations that we're looking at. Okay, so now number six, and then uh, we're going to wrap the show up, is, and this is, this, is, this is the most important to me, and Alex, this is something that we talked about this morning before the show that we're both passionate about, building community. And so when I, when I hung up with you and we just spent 45 minutes or so talking about building communities, <laughs> like this was my number, my number six that I wrote down a couple weeks ago, building community, right? Like we've been trying to do it ourselves as entrepreneurs, and, you know, the, the, uh, Claire Graves a long time ago developed um, a system, Spiral Dynamics, and it talks about how – it talks about the cycles of evolution that people go through in, in different stages. And we start out, you know, focusing on the self, then we go to focusing on others, then focus on self, then focus on others. So, for example, we started off as cavemen alone, and then we created community for safety and co-creation and then at some point in the community, somebody said, I want to go off and do my own thing. So we go from self to community, back to self. And then they create their own community. Now we're back in community. And so what we've done as entrepreneurs is we said, I'm going to go out and create my own thing. And we're at the point right now where it's time to come back together as a community with all of our skills, right? And so this is what we're creating at Rise. This is what we want to create in other communities. And there's, I mean, there's lots of stuff. And, and this is what we teach in 5D Business School, too. Module 8 is all about 
synergy, right? Everything we've ever taught is about life partners on life purpose and creating, and, and, and one plus one isn't two, one plus one is 11. There's a synergy that happens when you work together. And so I think it's, it's time for people to build community. I think, it, I think 2017 is going to be a, a year of people banding together. So that's what I've got. Uh, any last words, Alex, before the show comes to an end? Sure. Uh, well, we have one minute, uh, and I made all these promises on Facebook of what to talk about. So uh, I think that people should aim to make this year their, to be their strongest, uh, to be their fastest, and to be their smartest. But I guess we have to leave that for a future show. <laughs> it's always, you know, always leave it for the future show. Leave them wanting more. All right, brother. Well, uh, happy 44 minutes. I like doing this in 44 minutes. 44 is a good number. And right now in uh, central time, it's 1144, which is a good number. So anyway, see you all next week. Happy 2017. It's going to be a good one. Happy 2017 to you. Bye, Ben. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.